Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this week is John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Here ends our gospel lesson. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hate to admit it, but I was quite materialistic about Christmas when I was young. My parents did not give us allowances or anything like that, but they were abundantly generous with gifts at Christmas time. Perhaps I simply stored up all my anticipation for the sacred holiday because it was the one time of year when I'd feel like I was rolling in it. I'm not really sure. But I would often get overly fixated on the things that I received instead of paying attention to the meaning behind it all. I could hardly sleep on Christmas Eve night due to the eagerness welling up within me for what we would awake to the next morning. And when I did finally drift off, images of Christmas candy, Lego sets, remote control cars, and video games would fill my dreams. It is interesting that I never dreamt about socks and shirts that I received every year. Hmm, I wonder what that means. Anyway, all these gifts made our Christmases a true delight, but I am sad to say that I let myself be distracted from deeper meanings behind them. Perhaps the problem of focusing on the wrong things about Christmas is shared by many of you. It is easy to focus more on the things we give to others and the things that we receive in return than the mysteries of the Son of God being born to an unwed mother in Bethlehem. It is easy to get caught up with planning for family gatherings, Christmas decorations, and stocking stuffers at the expense of taking time to read and deeply ponder the Christmas story. It is common to thank others for the gifts that they give us during this holiday season, but at times at the expense of giving thanks to God for offering us the greatest gift of all, himself. With everything that goes into the holidays, 
It is easy to get distracted by the many things that make this season so special. What I missed out on when I was young is what those gifts meant. Beyond the mythical and embellished legend of St. Nicholas, beyond the joy of unwrapping things that I was soon to own, beyond the comparisons between what my brothers got and I ended up with, is the reason for it all. We give gifts to one another, and especially to our children during this season, as a symbol to help us remember God's generosity in sending the Son to earth. As God is generous, so too are we called to be generous to one another. And one of the greatest traditions we have of emulating God's generosity is giving gifts to one another at Christmas time. Even though a child growing up in Northeast Iowa might not fully grasp the theological reasons behind this practice, the tradition still stands as a symbol pointing us to something else with much deeper meaning and purpose. Just as gifts given at Christmas time are a sign of something else, John the Baptist served as one giving testimony about something else too. Similar to the passage we read last week from Mark, our gospel lesson from John for this week focuses on how John the Baptist was questioned by Jerusalemites sent by the priests and Levites to ask who he was. They came and they asked John, Who are you? Are you the Messiah, Elijah, or a prophet? They could only see John for who he was, and they wanted to know only what he said about himself. On their own, they could not see that John was one who was sent to testify and witness to another. It was as though they wanted John to be the best Christmas present they ever owned and refused to think about anything else. But John held his ground and refused to make the conversation about himself. He declared that he was indeed the voice crying out in the wilderness and testified that one greater than him was coming. In doing so, he lived out the first verses of this passage, which say, He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. John was not the light, the Messiah, Elijah, or even a prophet. He came as a testimony, a witness, a symbolizer of the great things that God was about to do. Like one pointing out that our Christmas gatherings are about more than putting on a few pounds so we can make New Year's resolutions to drop them a few weeks later. John came as a witness that got people's attention and then declared that there was more to the story. Jesus was about to enter into the scene in a big way, and John's work symbolized that the people should pay attention. More than just gift-giving, there are other rituals and practices that symbolize what God has done and continues to do through the Son of God incarnate as well. Every year, in places all over the world, we put up Christmas lights on our houses, businesses, and main streets, in celebration of the season. At times, this can get rather gaudy and over-the-top, like the house in the movie Christmas Vacation. This practice can even get competitive when neighbors and communities try to outdo one another with how wonderful their displays can look. Yet, 
The reason that we go out of our way to risk our necks on rooftops this icy time of year is because we remember that Jesus truly is the light of the world that comes to shine on the whole of our lives. We put up extra lights as a symbol, testifying that God has even more light to shine on our world than we will ever see. There are also pagan, heathen roots to some of our celebrations that received new meaning when they were adapted into Christian practice and also serve to testify to what this season means. We do not actually know the exact date of Jesus' birth. You know, they did not give out birth certificates in ancient Palestine. So the early church chose December 25th to coincide with the European festivals that already were observed around the winter solstice. In adopting December 25th as the day of our Christmas celebration, they chose the season in which our days in the Northern Hemisphere are shortest and the darkness that surrounds us the heaviest. Thus, the symbolism of the light casting out the darkness is even more meaningful at Christmas time because we observe it at the time when darkness reigns more than any other season of the year. Additionally, Christmas trees come from the pagan practice of bringing evergreen boughs and branches into homes in the winter as a symbol of life amidst the death that we observe outside. In Germany, Christians continued this practice, but adapted it by placing lights on the tree to symbolize that the light of Christ comes into our world to not only cast out darkness, but also to bring life that is evergreen and everlasting. These symbols testify to the greater work that God is up to through the Son, who is born and placed in a manger. All of these symbols and more surround us throughout the holiday season, and many of them testify to the great work that God is up to in the world, and has been since the Son was born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. Some of our holiday symbols, like gingerbread houses, candies and cookies, and even reindeer, do not carry much in the way of deeper meaning and testify primarily to the joy and festiveness of the season in general. Yet, many of the things we do and symbols of the season testify that God really was born among us as the light incarnate, which existed before the world was created. That light is the greatest gift the world has ever received, and it is through this one little birth in a faraway place a long time ago that we are born anew by the grace of God Almighty. As we give and receive gifts, marvel at the lights piercing the darkness throughout our valley and sit quietly by our Christmas trees at night this year. May we remember that all of these things, like John the Baptist before them, testify to God's gracious love that is timeless and eternal. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. 
may the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.